The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On today's Court TV podcast, Idaho prosecutors brought new charges against doomsday cult mom Lori Vallow Daybell and her husband Chad Daybell. Court TV legal correspondent Chanley Painter will join me to break down what those charges are. One charge that wasn't heard in those hearings, murder, which begs the question, why? We'll dig into that and look at what is really behind all of this. Is it really about the end times or were the motives much more primal? This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinny Politan. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. I'm Vinny Politan. Thank you so much for downloading and uh, joining us. And in this podcast, uh, we're going to focus on the story of Lori Vallow Daybell, the so-called doomsday cult mom. This is a woman who is uh, suspected, I guess would be the best word, uh, in the deaths of her two children. She's married to another man. They believe the world is going to end in July. They've been uh, investigated over the course of the last six months. There's a bunch of dead spouses involved in this case. And at the end of the day, right now, Lori Vallow Daybell, is in jail. Her husband, Chad Daybell, is in jail. They both believe the world is ending in July, according to what we've learned about this couple. She had two children before she married Chad Daybell, Tylee and JJ. Uh, Those two children went missing. Ultimately, their remains were found buried in the backyard of her new husband, Chad Daybell. Okay? It's a complicated story. We, we've covered it in detail in some prior episodes of the podcast if you need to get up to speed on it. But I just want to lay a little bit of, of groundwork because we've got some new developments in the case. And I want to bring in Court TV legal correspondent Chanley Painter, who has uh, been out to Idaho. She is covering the story in depth, day in and day out. Chanley, uh, uh, great to see you. Hey, Vinny. Glad to be here. Okay, let, let's start here. I'm on vacation last week, right? Right. I, I took a break. I need a little bit of a break. I'm on the beach with my family. Nice. Probably 10, 10 to 12 feet away from anyone else around us. Mm-hmm. And my phone is blowing up because there are reports and, and these people are in panic mode. And when I say people, I'm talking about uh, followers and, 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 and viewers of Court TV who are saying, Lori Vallow Daybell has been released. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? How could this, how could this happen? I'm sitting here on the beach trying to enjoy myself. And all of a sudden they're letting the the, the doomsday cult mom free. Uh, Chanley, tell me what really happened last week out there. Yeah. What a shocking headline. And of course I'm like, what in the world? Well, immediately, of course, the Madison County jail there in East Idaho was flooded with phone calls. You know, why has Lori Vallow been released? Because they have a Vine system, a victim information system that allows people who subscribe to get notices about when an inmate is released. Well, due to a glitch, according to the Madison County uh, jail, the restart or reboot of the system caused this notice to go out, but it's untrue. That's the news. She still remains behind bars in Madison County. It was a computer glitch. Yeah, computer it's like a, glitch. Like a Y2K deal, right? <laughs> it was almost like they were testing us, right? Like Exactly. Just to see how we were going to react. All right. So she's not released. She's still locked up. Um, I, I want to play a, a, a quick a little soundbite from the judge in the case describing 
these charges? Because there's been a change in the charges involving Lori Vallodeba. I want you to explain. But first, let's listen to the judge. It alleges that the defendants, Chad Guy Daybell, Lori Vallow, and or another person or persons on or between the ninth day of September 2019 and the ninth day of June 2020 in the county of Fremont, state of Idaho, and or elsewhere did willfully and knowingly combine, conspire, confederate, and agree to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence in a felony proceeding inquiry and or investigation authorized by law with the intent to prevent it from being so produced, used and or discovered to wit, the human remains of Tylee Ryan, which is in violation of Idaho code 18, 2603 and 181701. Okay. So the judge is describing some sort of a conspiracy here, Chanley. What are they conspiring to do? What are the allegations and what's the factual backdrop for all of this? Yeah, so these two new felony counts, both husband and wife, face the conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, and concealment. And within the complaint the prosecutor filed, he alleges several overt acts in furtherance of this conspiracy. And again, there's one count for J.J. Vallow. There's one count for Tylee Ryan. So each of the alleged basis are a little bit different based on the child. And for J.J., J.J. it revolves around that welfare check. Last November 26, when the police showed up at Lori's apartment, Chad's there, Alex Cox is there, Lori Vallow is there. And according to the complaint, they mislead the police. They say that they lied and said J.J. was in Arizona with friend Melanie Gipp. That story didn't check out. They cite all of that as part of this conspiracy to conceal the whereabouts of J.J., and then for time. So there's a welfare check. Yes. Why are they, for folks who, are, who don't know the story that well, why are they checking to see if the kids are at the house? Why are they checking to see if JJ is with his mom? Well, JJ's grandparents, Kay and Larry Woodcock, called the police because they hadn't heard from JJ in several months since August. And they were concerned because, again, Kay's brother, Charles Vallow, Lori Vallow's former husband was shot and killed in July. And this tumultuous relationship and turn of events really concerned them. So they called the police asking for a welfare check. And that really started this entire investigation. That is why we are here today. So now you've got the 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 additional facts that the children's remains are found in Chad's backyard. You've got an alleged conspiracy between Lori Vallow Daybell and Chad Daybell. So how how is it how, what are the pieces that they're putting together to try to to try to figure out what happened here the, the the investigation by police because i know you've got the fbi involved you've got authorities in arizona in right. idaho you've got people from utah uh, hawaii was involved at one point so how are they trying to piece together the story of what happened to these children well it's pretty complicated as you can imagine and the affidavit it establishes probable cause. So of course, there's a lot more evidence that we're not even privy to, I'm sure prosecutors have. But in the affidavit, which is nearly 20 pages long, it goes tediously through the evidence. And most of the any hinges on Alex Cox, the uncle, Lori Vallow's brother, who his cell phone pings the day of or day after the children are last seen at the location, they just happened to be found in the ground in Chad Daybell's backyard. So that's evidence is what they're really basing 
what happened to the children on and the timeline of events of when they disappeared and when these cell phone pings were found in Chad Daybell's backyard. And of course, now we know they match to where they were located uh, earlier in June. So the cell phone of Uncle Alex, he's the uncle of JJ and Tylee, is found in the backyard of Chad Daybell, which is now, I guess, his new brother-in-law, as opposed to the old brother-in-law that he shot and killed. Right. Unbelievable, right? So so I guess he gets along better with this, this brother-in-law because he's in his backyard, but he's in the spots where the remains are found. And Alex Cox, during that welfare check, Alex Cox is with Chad and Lori. He is. He, they're all, they're all, the three of them are together. He lived in the same complex, Vinny, there in Rexburg, Idaho, these townhomes. He lived in a different row of the complex, but he moved there at the same time that Lori did with JJ and Tylee in early September, the same month the children go missing. And he's a part of this alleged conspiracy, too. If you look at the affidavit towards the end, they name him as a co-conspirator with Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow Daybell. He's just now deceased. Dead. Another dead person. And, you know, his death, they've ruled it natural causes, right, in Arizona? They did rule it natural causes. He actually passed away of a blood clot to the lung. But interestingly, Benny, it was the day after... Tammy Daybell, Chad's first wife, her body was exhumed for autopsy because police find that death suspicious also. So the timing, even though the official autopsy says natural causes, and I've been in Rexburg, everyone still believes that Alex Cox's death still is suspicious. And Alex Cox dies in Arizona. Um, Yes. After the body of Tammy Daybell is exhumed, Tammy Daybell is the dead wife of Chad Daybell who died after Lori Vallow moved to um, Idaho, one town over, and died after Lori Vallow Daybell um, purchased the wedding ring? She did. She, for her and Chad. There's an on receipt of a wedding ring that we see in the picture of her and Chad's wedding day in Hawaii, November 5th, that was purchased 17 days before Tammy Daybell passed away October 9th of last year. So, yes. <laughs> well, let, let's just let's just let, let this set in for one second, folks. All right. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Chad Daybell is married to Tammy for mm-hmm. a long time. Lori Vallow purchases a wedding ring that is becomes the wedding ring for her and Chad. And it's purchased while Tammy is alive. And there's nothing wrong with Tammy. It's not like she's on her deathbed or she's she's battling cancers. No, no. She's just living life. And all of a sudden she dies And boom, that wedding ring then pops up in the wedding photos uh, 10 days after the death of Tammy Daybell. Wow. This story. You couldn't make it up. This is is unreal. Yeah. So you were out there. I mean, and tell me this. I mean, there's all these little pieces everywhere, right? There's there's pieces here, pieces there. But there's this overall story that I think everyone is kind of putting Mm -hmm. together now. I mean, is, is everyone that you spoke to out in Idaho thinking, of course, they're all involved in the death of these children. Absolutely. You can feel that. Okay. We went to several memorials and visuals while we were there for JJ and Tylee, but it wasn't just JJ and Tylee's photos at the vigil or the memorial. There was a huge photo of Charles Ballow. There was a huge photo of Tammy Daybell because the community really believes that all of the deaths surrounding Lori and Chad are connected and that they are responsible, even for Alex Cox. And it makes sense. It makes sense. 
But we're, we're still at the point now, though, right? So the, the, the official charges for Chad Daybell, who's locked up in one county, and Lori Vallow Daybell, his bride, who's locked up in another county, I, I guess these are charges of a conspiracy, but not a conspiracy to commit murder. Right, because that hasn't been alleged yet. Uh, everyone's anticipating it. That's the feel in the community there in East Idaho is that where are the murder charges? It's obvious to us. Of course, prosecutors have to do due diligence, but they're conspiracy to conceal because the evidence that what's concealed are the remains of the children, which autopsy results are still pending. You know, they've confirmed the identity, but they're doing additional and ancillary testing, which will take several weeks. So, again, charges could still be modified in the next few weeks. Well, they, they have to be. I mean, children, you know, there's different ways people can die, right? There's suicide. That's that's not this case. There's natural causes. Both children were healthy. That's that's not this. It's not accidental. Accidental if it's one child, right? And and that's what they, they tried to pull down in uh, uh, Orange County, Florida years ago with little Kaylee Marie. Um, they tried to say it was an accident. And, you know, maybe some people thought that was a reasonable explanation. But you've got two children. So two healthy children don't accidentally die at the same time. That's ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? So we were zombies, right? Mom right. So at at the end of the day, we're really left with 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 homicide, and it's just who is responsible at, at this point. Um, and one one final question before we go, Chandler. So what's going to happen next? Where where is the next? big day or or big hearing or big moment coming up in this investigation and in this case? Well, we have preliminary hearings for both Lori and Chad in Fremont County. Now, Madison County, now that the two felonies were dropped and only misdemeanors remain, it's not necessary to do a preliminary hearing. So that one is canceled in Madison County as of now. So August 3rd and 4th, Chad Daybell's preliminary hearing will take place on four felony counts, two are conspiracy, two are destruction of evidence, maximum 20 years for those. That takes place August 3rd and 4th. Then Lori, the next week, August 10th and 11th, preliminary hearing on her two felony conspiracy counts in Fremont County. Okay, big dates. Chanley Painter, of course, will be all over it and will uh, bring us all the details here. And, of course, on television. We're also on television. And, <laughs> and you know, Chanley's on television every day. I'm on television every day on Court TV. So, uh, Chanley, great to see you. Thank you so much. Thanks, uh, Vinny. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. All right. So, to me, this is the big takeaway. There are no murder charges. Everybody out in Idaho believes, it, 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 you know, they're responsible. Chad and and his wife Lori Valadeva are responsible for the death of her children. Every the whole you put the story together, it leads to only one place. But we're not there yet. And apparently, um, whether it's prosecutors who have to make the ultimate decision, everyone's a little bit tenuous, right? They we don't want to go too fast here. We don't want to jump the gun. We don't want another. I'm going to say it, folks. I'm going to say it. We don't want another Casey Anthony on our hands. So they're being very careful. But I think it's time for the murder charges. Okay? Walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's a duck. And you know what? I trust people in Idaho. And when I say people, I mean jurors in Idaho. They have a little bit of common sense. You know? A little common sense was lost from the folks down in Pinellas County years ago. That's okay. That's okay. You know, I'm, I'm past that. I've got almost gotten past that. But this one, we need murder charges. We need them now. The time is right. The evidence is there. But maybe not everyone agrees with me. When we come back, our friend Daryl Cohen joins us. 
because he, like the prosecutors out in Idaho, believe it's not quite time to charge Lori Vallow Daybell and her husband, Chad, with murder. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. It is time to charge Lori Vallow Daybell, the so-called doomsday cult mom, and her husband Chad Daybell, the so-called end times guru, the former grave digger. It's time to charge them with murder. We've got the evidence, but um, prosecutors are a little bit tentative out in Idaho. And I think they should just trust the evidence and trust the people of Idaho to have a little bit of common sense when they sit in that jury box. But not everyone agrees with me. And obviously the prosecutors don't agree with me because they haven't charged them with murder. You know who else doesn't agree with me? Is Daryl Cohen, who joins us now. Great Great attorney in Atlanta, Georgia, former prosecutor down in Florida, uh, has done it all, has tried many, many, many cases. Uh, uh, Daryl, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Vinny. It's good to be here. Happy after fourth. Yeah, I- exactly. Um, so, you know, I'm a former prosecutor like you are, but I'm, I, you know what? I'm, I'm a little more aggressive, I think, than you are, because I think it's it's time to to charge Lori Valadebel and Chad with murder. Um, do you want me to go first, Daryl? Do you want me to lay out my case and then you respond, or do you want to lay out your case and let me respond? I'll, I'll give you the choice today in our debate. My answer is yes. My only thought initially is let's not rush to judgment. That's all. Okay. There you go. All right. So I'm going to let me, let me, I'm in a hurry here. So let me go first. Daryl, and this is something I learned from you. So I love it when I can turn it right around on you, Daryl. What does a, an attorney do in a courtroom? What, what do effective attorneys do? They tell a story. Daryl, you've been on my show hundreds of times and you always tell me, you always tell me the jury wants to hear a story. And this is a story like no other. And I've been telling it for six months on the air, night in and night out. And it is a story that every time I tell it, people are fascinated. They can't stop listening and they believe it. And that's what prosecutors need. They've they've got the evidence. Think about this. You've got Lori Vallow Daybell, this woman who becomes obsessed with Chad Daybell, who's a former grave digger. And they've got this whole belief uh, 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 in the in the end of times. The world is ending in July. And then you've got people, and we've got evidence, and we've got people who could testify about this, which is what you need, right? So we've got the evidence uh, to charge them with murder. Talking about how people surrounding them are turning into zombies. And when these people turn into zombies, they end up dead. They end up killed. And, and you've got evidence of this. Charles Vallow, Lori Vallow's husband, apparently was a zombie. We've got him talking about it. We've got friends of Lori Vallow, Melanie Gibb, talking about it. He ends up dead, shot and killed by Alex Cox, her brother. And we've got her reaction on video to all of this. Doesn't affect her at all. Why? I guess she believed he was a zombie. The story makes sense. Then on top of it, Daryl, 
the entire story of these beliefs, these zombies, and these deaths is that when these two angels go missing, she lies, lies, and lies again. She can't tell the truth. And what mother reacts that way? Someone who is cold, someone who is heartless, someone who's a killer, someone who, who, who believes her children were zombies and wanted them dead and buried. And where are they buried, by the way? In her new husband's backyard. We've got the cell phone pings that put Alex Cox and her together when the children disappear. We've got all the evidence, Daryl, all these little circumstantial pieces, brick by brick. How many times has Daryl Cohen said brick by brick? You put the pieces together. It's like a puzzle. And it all makes sense at the end. That's what we have here. Her actions and reactions speak volumes. And ultimately, all you have to do is trust the people of Idaho. And that's what I do. I trust them. These are folks who have common sense. And I'm not afraid. And I'm not afraid as a prosecutor to lose. If you're afraid to lose, you shouldn't be prosecuting. Okay? If you believe in the case, you believe in the evidence, you go forward. The time is now. The case doesn't get better over the course of time. Evidence is not like wine. It does not age well, Daryl. And it certainly doesn't age as well as you and I. All right. I agree with you mostly, but not completely. As a prosecutor, I was always afraid to lose. So I tried to make my case as airtight as possible. And I wanted no room for error because those 12 men and women on a jury oftentimes heard what you had to say, you thought, but they were thinking something else. So I want it to be airtight. And here, in many instances, we're looking at circumstantial evidence. And people say, well, what is circumstantial evidence? I didn't see it. It's not direct. I didn't see it happen. Well, it's not unlike what I used to say as a prosecutor. It's a snow argument. I went to bed last night. There was no snow on the ground. I woke up the next morning. There was snow. I didn't see it snow, certainly did not hear it snow, but it got there somehow. So Vinny, I think because our cult mom is incarcerated, there's no rush. She's not going anywhere. She was mistakenly, according to the records released, but in real life, it was just virtual. She was not released. So she's not going anywhere until such time as there's going to be a trial. And I believe that they will be charged. She and Chad will be charged. And by the way, we talk about zombies. Maybe they watched The Walking Dead too often. Maybe they were part of that. Who knows? But these people are out of their mind. But we don't want them to be out of their mind, not knowing right from wrong. We do not want them to be acquitted because of a mistake that the prosecution makes. Rushing to judgment is not where the prosecution needs to be because they're not looking for her. They know where she is. She's not going anywhere. So let's just take this one step at a time. And when they are comfortable with the cause of death for these two young kids, then that's the time to charge them. Not yet. Just don't rush. Not going anywhere. Here, here's the problem, Daryl, is that I sense from them the fear 
the fear that we've got the highest profile case in the nation and we don't want to lose. And, and we don't want this to be another, I'm going to say it again, Casey Anthony. And that scares me when you're thinking that way. You, sh- you shouldn't worry about what happened down in Orange County, Florida with a jury from Pinellas County, Florida. That should be the least of your worries at this point. You should be focused on the case, the evidence, and the story. And the story, there's no part of it. The story doesn't make sense, but does make sense, Daryl, to quote you. Um, It it does make sense in that when you get into the world of Lori Vallow Daybell and Chad Daybell, the things that they did and what happened to these children and the way they acted, the way they reacted to all of it leads me to only one place. It leads me to this conspiracy to commit murder, uh, Chad Daybell, Lori Valadaybell, and Alex Cox. They've already got them on the conspiracy uh, in, in, in hiding the children and not being truthful about where they are and in, in what they did with the remains. They've already got them there. They're just leaving out the biggest part. And to me, that makes no sense because the children did not just die on their own. We know this is a homicide. We know it is, Daryl. You can't give me a reasonable explanation for anything other than homicide in this case. You've got homicide. You've got a conspiracy. You're hiding remains. You're lying about where they are. And, and guess where you are when the children are dead? You're down in Hawaii with a bag of money on the beach. And to me, you tell that story. If I tell that story or you, Daryl Cohen, tell that story to a jury, they're coming back guilty in less than three hours. Benny, I agree with you, but we're talking the end game. And the end game is to have not one of them, but both of them convicted of murder. And yes, the prosecutors need to be very aware of Casey Anthony. In that instance, the state attorney's office, in my view, overcharged and went for the death penalty. And I think that's ultimately why the jury acquitted. These prosecutors should not be afraid, but they need to be meticulous. And they're going slow, not unlike the FBI. Very slow, quiet, and then all of a sudden, boom. I really believe when all is said and done, before any charge, official charge of murder, we've got to know the cause of death. Once we know that, I believe that both Laurie and Chad will be charged with murder. And they will end up either in a trial or a guilty plea by either or both of them. So you and I don't really disagree on the end. We disagree on how to get to the end. And I'm very much more conservative than perhaps I should be. Here's, I'll give you my final argument here, Daryl, to try to convince you, which I probably can't, right? Is is the case doesn't get better with time. There are are things that can happen. And if if you're tenuous now, will you be tenuous later? And is that a, a sign of, of weakness for you and your, your case? Uh, you know, I think investigators have done everything they can do. They're waiting for one result from, uh, from the coroner and medical examiner, right? One to, to come to a cause. I don't even know if you can come to a cause of death in what happened to Tylee. I mean, those remains were out there for months at a time. They were burned. I don't even know if you're going to get that answer. But I don't need that answer to charge murder. I really don't need that answer. I mean, we can charge murder and prosecute murder without a body, Daryl. So uh, I'm not hung up on this one. And it's a, it's a huge piece of potential evidence, but it's a piece of evidence I don't know if we're going to get. 
I don't know if we're going to be able to say cause of death with the way these remains were treated. And to me, that's an aggravating factor and another fact against this couple. Um, don't give them the benefit of what they did to these children after they died. Um, to me, that is a, a fact against the defendant and a fact that will help you in the prosecution of the murder. Once we know the results of the autopsy, inconclusive though it may be, that rules out another possible defense, and it gives the prosecution one less thing to think about, but one more thing to be prepared for, because if there is going to be a trial, they are not, that is the defense, is not going to roll over. They're going to strike and strike hard as they should, and the prosecutors must be prepared for every possible eventuality. Yes, I believe these two people are guilty. Yes, I believe they should both have the zombie death penalty. Yes, I don't like them. Yes, this makes me sick and it makes me disgusted. But I want the prosecutors to do it right. And I cannot emphasize enough, neither Lori nor Chad are going anywhere at all. So there isn't a rush. And unlike most cases, most cases do not get better with time. In this instance, it's like fine wine. It does get better with time because they're going to watch these people age. And obviously, they don't care. They don't know who they are. They're in another world. But let's bring them into our world and get them charged at the appropriate time and see how it rolls out. We shall see, Daryl. We shall see. Hey, one thing, though, if it does get delayed, it will be after the end times, Well, you know, which is in, in just, I think it's like two weeks. Uh, <laughs> July 22nd is the big date for them. So um, that's coming up. It's, I mean, it's just around the corner. So we'll see if the world is still here. I guess they'll be charged eventually. Daryl Cohen, always a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you, sir. Nice to see you. All right, folks. Now, one of the things you have to do in a trial, especially a case like this where you're talking about a parent being responsible for the death of their children, if and when Lori Valadebel is charged and Chad Daybell is charged, you don't technically need to prove motive, but you've got to explain to a jury why, because it's part of the story that you're telling them. When we come back, I want to tell you what the true motive is behind the actions of Chad Daybell, because there's been a lot of talk about zombies and the end of times and this religion, et cetera, et cetera. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's much more raw and much more cliched, the true motive when we return. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV and go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. I think Chad recognized that, that he had sort of this charismatic, convincing ability in speaking to people and could, well, he could follow, get followers, um, glean support using his charisma. Uh, as I look back to those five or so gatherings in group settings, I noticed that there were always a, a little group of women just nearby, you know? And he would sort of be drawn to them. And there was, there was just a natural comfort 
with him and, and women, less so with men. That was Eric Smith, someone who was very close to Chad Daybell at one time. And his description to me is so revealing in this case. And, you know, when you look at this, right, you first look at, you know, doomsday cult mom and, and Chad Daybell, the, the, the man who's behind this whole prophecy of the end of the world. And he's going to be one of the leaders of the 144,000, all that, you know, it's a bunch of malarkey. It's a bunch of malarkey. Let me tell you exactly what is motivating Chad Daybell. And to me, it's, it's a sad cliche. It's a real sad cliche because we're talking about uh, the death of two children, the death of two spouses. Um, Chad Daybell, think about who he, who he was. A really average-looking guy. Nothing special. I would say almost kind of like nerdy-looking guy, right? And never really got any attention um, from the ladies. He's not bad-looking, but he's not really a good-looking guy, right? He was a nerdy grave digger. That's who he was, Chad Daybell. Then all of a sudden, he had this so-called vision, started writing these books, became a publisher, and all of a sudden, he was getting attention. And as Eric Smith described, when he would meet with people who were reading his books and following some of his visions or beliefs, it was very interesting that he was always sort of gravitating towards groups of women. So think about this, right? This guy is just a, you know, a nerdy grave digger. Now he's an author, a publisher, a guru, and he's got the attention of the ladies. All of a sudden, wow, it's a different world for Chad Daybell. This is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm married and, 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 and I've got those kids and all that other stuff. The kids are kind of growing up, but... You know, I've been married to the same woman, you know, yeah, she loves me and everything else, but you know, all these other women, you know, they want to be around me. Then what happens? All of a sudden, this stunning blonde gives him some attention. And of course, I'm talking about Lori Vallow. I mean, this is a former contestant for the Mrs. Texas pageant. Okay. She's a pageant girl. She's a fitness person. She's got the flowing blonde hair, the blue eyes. She's got the whole thing going on. And all of a sudden, she is paying attention to Chad. And Chad has gotten used to this, right? Because he's, he's been using his books and his visions to kind of get this attention. And now he's got the attention of this beautiful woman. But oh my goodness, she's married and I'm married. Ooh, how's that going to work out? How am I going to get the blonde if I'm married and she's married? Well, you know what? I mean, this blonde is believing everything I'm telling her. Everything. All these visions that I'm having, you know, she's, she's just lapping it up. Let me tell her about zombies. Let me tell her about zombies. And all of a sudden, everyone become, everyone that he needs out of the way to get the girl, to get the blonde, suddenly becomes a zombie. Amazing how that worked out. Isn't that really amazing? Somehow, these beliefs that he had, that people were buying and believing, and Lori Vallow, apparently one of them, and I guess Alex Cox, too, must have fallen under his spell. So, conveniently, everyone that ends up turning into a zombie and dies gets him one step closer to life with this beautiful blonde. 
a life that he, as a nerdy grave digger, could never envision for himself. No. No, the, the nerdy grave digger, and this isn't a dig on grave diggers, I'm talking about him and, and the way he saw himself in the life he was living. Just look at the guy. Look at him. And look at the old pictures of him, and then look at what happens to him once he meets Lori Vallow and starts living this life. He's get, he gets a new haircut. All of a sudden, not so nerdy. He's getting new clothes. Yeah, some of that insurance money, right? But everything that happened, you know, I've got, you know, she, she's married to Charles. Well, well, Charles is a zombie. Alex better better take care of it. Alex Cox, Lori Vallow's brother, kills Charles. Well, uh-oh. She's a single mom of two. Uh, we know how difficult it is enough to be a mother, but then to be a single mother and providing for two children, one of whom is special needs. Oh, no. We can't have these kids around. I'm not going to be able to spend time with my, my, my new bride. I can't strut around with my new clothes, my new haircut, and my new blonde babe. All of a sudden, the children become zombies, and the children disappear. But uh-oh, I'm still married to Tammy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, another zombie, gone. I mean, everyone that dies, and then look at where they end up, right, before being arrested. Where do they end up? It's just Chad and Lori, bag of money, new clothes, new haircut, on the beach in Hawaii. That was the whole plan. That was the whole game. This was not motivated by some belief that the world is coming to an end. This was motivated by something as simple as lust and sex. That's what he wanted from Lori, and he wanted it for the rest of his life, day in and day out. And the only way it could happen is if all the other pieces were out of the way. And that's it. It's that simple. What a cliche. What a waste. Just get a divorce. Stop making up all this this end of times and, and guru stuff. It's really sad. But to me, it makes a lot of sense. And, and Eric Smith really um, kind of opened my eyes on this case. Someone who was there and, and saw it uh, firsthand. Anyhow, folks, I'm Vinny Politan. This, of course, is the Court TV podcast, but I'm also on television on Court TV each and every night from 8 to 11, uh, three hours of live television, uh, taking a deep dive into the latest news uh, in the world of crime and justice, also tracking all the trials that you will see on Court TV. So if you have a digital antenna uh, and you don't know where Court TV is or you don't get Court TV, Chances are you can get it. You just have to do one little thing. Re-scan your digital antenna to pick up Court TV. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you again next week. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. And don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.